0: Welcome to GleeCast, the somewhat occasionally weekly home of Glee and casting. Here are your hosts, Emily and Erica.
1: Well, hello, everyone out there in the GleeCastiverse. It's been a while. It's been a little bit of time, just a little bit. But that's okay, we're here. Yeah, you know, I mean, we, we promised we would be, and we are. Um, we are today covering Glee season four, episode 21. Wonderful, which aired. Um, I guess it would be uh, two months ago, something like that. Yeah, around there. Something like that. I don't know.
0: Yeah, might be three months.
1: Yes, you know, tomatoes, tomatoes, and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, we've just, we knew we would get busy this summer. Of course, Glee does that thing where they give you like, all this space between shows and all of a sudden it's like show after show after show and you're supposed to cover it that way. I don't think so. We have, we've been busy. Yeah. I know Erica, you've had a busy summer.
0: I have lots of, um, ticketed events and, you've been to uh, to
1: a lot of concerts. I feel.
0: Yeah, we have. Um, but the, you know what? They were all like super cheap. <laughs> so yes. it was, all, and we more or less got our seats upgraded at all of them. So it worked out pretty well. Does, is there a trick to that? Like, is it a certain wink or cleavage or what? How does that work? Um, go to shows no one wants to go to that don't sell out and buy tickets all the way in the nosebleeds, because okay. if they don't have filled in seats down at the bottom, they'll just bump you up.
1: Nice, nice, nice. I have. Um, int- I never believe seat upgrades is actually a thing, because I have been too many a Met game in my, in my life, my 31 years on this earth. And I, as has my my family and many people associated with them, and I don't know anybody that's ever gotten their seat upgraded at a Met game, which leads me to believe they're plants and it's not a real thing.
0: Well, I feel like, I feel like sporting events are different.
1: Maybe. Because
0: the players aren't looking at the stands to be like, oh,
1: there's no yeah. one here. Yeah, <laughs> but like. You're right, because it's not, like, because even at some games, like, basically when it's early in the season and people are still going to the games, uh, and, you know, but there's still a whole lot of empty seats, and you try to sneak down lower, there's still going to be ticketed ushers who are going to give you a hard time about it. Yeah. But they do, like, that always, like, you know, some Geico-sponsored seat upgrade of the day kind of thing. So they do that at every game, and I've never known anybody to actually get it done, oh. so that's that's why.
0: Oh, I see, I see.
1: Yeah, this was we uh Brianne, listener
0: Brian, and I Yay. went to New Kids on the Block last minute. I like there were right. literally $5 tickets on StubHub for the way way the way way up seats. Mm-hmm. Um so I bought them and we got there and they went to go scan our ticket and a big red X came up on the mm-hmm. screen and I bought them on StubHub so we were like, "Oh no. Like are they are they bad right. seats?" Like and she was like, just go over to that table over there. And we we're like, Ugh. and we got to the table and the woman saw the look on our faces. And she was like, this is the upgrade table. And we wound up like literally like 50 feet from them.
1: So that's pretty fucking it was amazing. It was so much fun. Nice. Uh, Joey McIntyre. Uh, the only uh, I'm trying to think of what concerted events I've been to, I went to one last week that uh, you were not able to attend. Mm-hmm. Um I will I will mention it not to make you jealous but because um, Oh I you know. I want to hear about it anyway. You didn't really tell me about it. Okay, so it was uh Jinx Monsoon the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race season 4 or 5. 5, right? Uh this 5. Season, it was yeah. officially season 5. Um so Jinx Monsoon did a show it was called like The Vaudevillians, and it was essentially a two man show it was her and or two woman man show. Uh it was her uh her character was Kitty and her husband who is a like Uh, skinny little dapper pianist and the idea being that um they were a performing pair and he was also a doctor uh from the 20s and they got frozen in an avalanche in antarctica and were thawed out in 2013 um but that they had written all of these songs which were eventually stolen from them during their slumber so (laughs) essentially it was them doing covers of like toxic by britney spears and um uh, what's the one? Let me clear my I, I don't know what the actual name of the song is. I think, it's my throat. I think that's the name of the song. Okay. Um, so it's like, you know, like modern songs that they basically, you know, have re- repurposed. And what it was, first of all, I mean, she is amazing. We saw her live a couple yeah. of months ago and like, it didn't really come across on the show, but she can sing and not only can she sing, she has an incredible range in her voice. So she can hit high notes and low notes and such. Um, I mean, and also very quick, very witty, you know, she's doing kind of, you know, some audience interaction, which was just funny. Uh, and her partner, I, I am sorry, I forgot his name. He was hilarious and, you know, had the, the lesser role in a lot of ways, because obviously everybody at that event was there to see Jinx, but he was wonderful and held his own. Um, but it also, you know, once I was watching Glee this week, it made me angry because I'm like, man, remember when Glee used to take songs <laughs> and reinvent them and do something totally different with them? Like, that's what the show's supposed to be doing, not just covering songs. Um, so, yeah, it was incredible. If I know it's in New York. I, they added a whole bunch of shows. I think they're uh, all sold out. They might be. If the venue was out. pretty small. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the food was She good wound and- up
0: running, like, it, it it's running for, like, a month and a half now, but it's all sold out. Cause wow. it was two shows. They both sold out immediately and they kept like adding another two shows and another two shows and then two shows in one night yeah. and a second night of two shows. And I'm pretty sure she's running straight through August and it's all sold out.
1: Well, there were people at our table. There was this couple that, um, cause like Jason and I were like trying to figure out the program. And they then they were explaining to us. They're like, yeah, we've seen it before. This is our second time, and we actually have t- tickets next week for it. Oh. So there were like a lot of people that just bought out tickets. Yeah. And I mean, it was like the price was re- it was what twenty five bucks. Twenty five dollars with a twenty five dollars. Yeah, and then it was a fifteen dollar food and drink minimum, and the food and drink was actually a really really good food. So you didn't, you know, you just made a dinner out of it. Um, and it was, I, I mean, it was probably the show itself was probably like an hour fifteen, hour and a half. Um, But it was just totally worth it. So if it ever comes anywhere near you, listeners, it's definitely worth checking out. And in general, if you can see her live, because I know they're also doing Battle of the uh, Drag Race Battle of the Seasons again. If you have the chance to go see that and she's performing, do it because she's incredible.
0: Yes. Yes,
1: she is. (sighs) Um, I don't remember if there was anything else of note that you or I have done or watched or experienced. Is there um, no. Should
0: we, should we touch on the big thing now
1: and get it out of the way? I suppose. Yeah. Well, we have two big things in very different ways. Um, so the, obviously it is, today is July 21st. Um, a week ago or a week in it, you no, no. about a week ago, uh, I know I woke up to see my Facebook updates to learn some very sad news, yes. which is yes, that Corey Monheath, AKA Finn Hudson, uh, passed away um, some time ago, uh, now the reports are out and it was, um, believed to be overdose, probably accidental. Um, but, you know, very, very, very sad. sad. Uh, he was, yeah, he was about our age. I think he was like 32. He was 30, 31, I think. Okay, somewhere around there. Um, and I mean, he had, he had been very public about talking about his, you know, fighting addiction in the past. And, cause I, re- I remember learning this, um, from the Inside the Actor Studio where he talked a lot about, you know, when he was a teenager, he was just a, a wild kid and went to rehab when he was 19, and then kind of turned things around. You know, kind of found acting and performing, and then more recently, it was a couple months ago while they were filming season four, he left to go back to rehab. It was, you know, voluntary and Which yeah. Just
0: I actually, I actually just read that. Well, I don't know. This could be Ryan Murphy trying to toot his own horn, but I read right, that. Was, yeah,
1: that article that uh, everybody he, posted on the
0: page that he yeah that he was like i'm like i'm going to stage an intervention in my office and get you like you're done working this season you're going to rehab so i don't know i i don't know i'm ve-
1: i i keep reading conflicting stories so i'm very confused about it yeah and it's understandable to not always trust what ryan murphy says yeah um i would say that i feel like the everybody has handled it publicly very respectfully yes um which is which is good and and have you yeah.
0: seen i feel like there's almost n-
1: like zero
0: backlash i haven't seen any backlash of people being like oh like that's too glee, kid like have you
1: at all i haven't no and i've which like, is nice I'm trying to think where i've mostly read is like the sites i visit on like a daily basis is where i happen to have seen some of the articles so it's like vulture and uh entertainment weekly and slate and av club and av club is um had an interesting article because av club is like us has been very hard on glee in the past And, you know, they had a very respectful write up and, you know, as did most um, most of the write ups I've read have basically even kind of said, like, we don't know if it's appropriate to talk about it so soon. But everybody's wondering what is going to happen with Glee, Mm -hmm. you know, how are they going to handle it? And it seems like now they've announced that um, they are pushing back production, but only not that much. So they're premiering the end of September, and then I think there's going to be three episodes, and then they go on hiatus for the for the uh, World Series. Yeah. And it seems like the first two episodes are just going to be... Um, Normal episodes. Right, like kind of continuing where we left off in season four. And it's then going I think, be, It's going to be one big Beatles tribute episode, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be the first two. And then I think the third episode is going to be the actual... Him on his tribute, right? Or did I read that wrong? Is that when they come back? Um, I
0: think it said they're going to deal with his character dying. Like okay. they're going to kill Finn Hudson. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think the third episode is going to deal with his death, however they decide to do that. Mm-hmm. And then
1: the and then they'll go on hiatus. Right. And I mean, if you read the, you know, I'm sure most of us read the Ryan Murphy article and it it makes sense, which is whenever, you know, when something like this happens, there is as much as everybody just wants to stop, there are people who need to get paid and there are yeah. crew members and cast members and everything else. Um, and it, it, you know, I actually do have faith that they're going to handle it responsibly. Mm-hmm. In, and, you know, we, I was talking about this with Branning because we were saying, you know, this isn't unprecedented. It's happened on Eight Simple Rules with John Ritter. It happened yeah. on News Radio with Phil Hartman. And, you know, I I said something to Brennan, like, I'm like, yeah, well, you know, what's going to make it, real like different in this case is that it's you know his girlfriend and partner has to we have to see her act this out essentially. Mm-hmm. And I mean and I'm not looking forward to that. I think it's gonna be you know very uncomfortable and not something I want to see. Um but then you know Brian made a point he's like well and, you know when they dealt with a news radio it was all of his friends and coworkers dealing with it too. Like so you know there they're, they're it, it is an unprecedented and um you know, it's probably going to be very cathartic, I imagine, for both audiences and the actors. Uh, like I said, I know it's going to be a really uncomfortable episode to watch. I have no idea how they're actually going to handle the death. Um, I hope, you know, it's not a texting-related mishap. Yeah, uh, right. But, but I mean, and, but really, in a way, there's, I don't know, I don't see how they could do anything else other than, like, car accident just because... Yeah, because you know, they also said him, or like, yeah.
0: I don't know. Well, they took him out of the army, so it can't be that, um,
1: I don't know. Maybe he re-enlists. Yes, just for that one episode. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's the kind of thing like, you know, other characters they were dragging out cancer storylines for. Uh, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, but in this case, it is, it's a sudden thing. I mean, I'm going to assume it's going to be something like a car accident, which, also does, I mean, I, what kills me is it makes me really wish they hadn't done that stupid Quinn episode. Yeah, really. Because now <laughs> it would be impactful. like Right. And the thing is, I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, we're both from Long Island. We both probably know people who have died in car accidents. It is at least in my high school, like every year somebody died in a car accident. It's Long Island is a very, there's a lot of dangerous driving out there. And for young people who aren't always as cautious it happens a lot. so And it is. It's probably the first, you know, I don't know. This is a random general statement, but I imagine it's like one of the first ways people lose people growing up. Just because it, you know, it happens a fair amount of time. Uh, it just sucks that Glee already kind of shot themselves in the foot by doing a really stupid episode involving one. Yeah. Mm.
0: But that's Glee for you. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, so...
1: So, yeah, I mean, that's how we feel about that. That's how we feel, right? It's (laughs) it's very sad. It's tragic. It's, you know, it's one of those tragedies that it's hard for me to understand because I've never dealt with addiction, thankfully. Um, You know, I think it's easy to look at it and say, like, well, you know, it's your own fault if you do something like that. It's not the case because there are other factors at play and it's not necessarily a choice. Um, At the same time, you can also look at it and say, well, you know, there are people who are dealt bad hands and get cancer when they're 18 and die. And, you know, here you're doing some, you, you essentially. Engaging da- in
0: a dangerous activity. Exactly. That could possibly take your life and you're doing yeah. it willingly.
1: And yeah, so I mean, there is, you know, I think both of those things are reasonable to and responsible to bring up because they are both the kind of things that make you start to think when this happens. Um, you know, I mean, I've, I've known people who've lost people for, you know, natural, very tragic reasons that, you know, they would do anything to not have those things happen to them. So it's it, it is what it, I mean, it's a tragedy. I'm not saying it's not um, hopefully it, you know, uh, helps some people that there's some good that comes out of it. I'm sure there will be. I'm sure, you know, people will stop and think and everything. But, yeah, it's going to be sad. It's going to be it, it will make Lee very odd going forward. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, they have two years left, probably. Uh, so we'll see where it goes. Okay. So, episode? Episode! Okay, wonderful! Okay, so this one was written by Brad Falchuk. It was directed by Wendy Souser. Um, she directed a lot of TV, and when I wrote this at the time, she had also directed the episode of The Mindy Project that aired the same week as this episode. I have no idea what episode I think I that said. was okay <laughs> nope 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 but i think it was a good one if it helps i think i, I like the last couple of indie projects so uh. all right so here is the glee cap as writer tells us early on it's a stevie wonder week all that really means is that all the music involves some light soul and every character grapples with growing up kind of over in new york city rachel worries that her callback for funny girl will be side railed by cassandra july but nah abs just wants to wish her good luck Artie is happy to be accepted to the Brooklyn Film Academy, but scared to actually go, although Kitty and his mom help convince him otherwise. Kurt fears his dad has cancer, but nah, he's fine. Mercedes and Harry stop by—oh, Mercedes and Harry Shum Jr., a.k.a. Mike Chang, stop by to give the Younger New Directions more confidence, which then also leads us to learn that Mercedes' album producer wants her to show shoulder, and hell to the note of that. Blaine asks Bert for Kurt's hand, which is thankfully shut down for now. Everyone wore everyone wore orange to sing. Kurt didn't have to accept a ring, and Bert might still be Senator Ring, and that's what you missed on. Alright, All right. so this episode was the Stevie Wonder Appreciation Week. It was. It was indeed, because kids love that. <sighs> yeah, they do. I don't know about you, <laughs> like, but I cannot <laughs> walk through a high school without hearing everybody talk about Stevie Wonder. Woo, Stevie Wonder! Uh, yeah.
0: Big poster of him in all the lockers. Oh, yep. uh, yeah.
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> Halloween. All the boys go. And- <laughs> it's the Stevie Wonder. All the girls go as oh. the sunshine of his life. Yeah. <laughs> the thing. It's retro. <laughs> you would get it. <laughs> all right. So who should we start with? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Artie. Artie. Let's start with Artie. Uh. Okay. So as soon as I saw, uh, you know, the cast list and I saw that Katie Seagal would be guest starring and learned that she would be playing R.D.'s mom, I'm like, awesome. Who doesn't love Katie Seagal? other than, you know, everybody knows she was a underrated gem on Married with Children. Yep. But also she's so good on Sons of Anarchy. Oh, and, that's so good. And she is a great singer. She has a real, like, a couple of the songs of Sons of Anarchy that they played her in the montages, she sings them. Like, she, I mean, like, she has, she's a singer. So I'm like, all right, yeah, we're going to get her singing. Nope, nope, we didn't. No nope, singing. Nope, we're just going to bring her in just to have, like... And, I mean, her scene with Artie is great because mm-hmm. she's Katie fucking Seagal, and that's Kevin McHale, um, but it was really frustrating. Uh, anyway, so we've kind of had this storyline with Artie before, but I was okay with it because it got us some forward momentum. And uh, in, as a result, he's going to New York. Yeah, which, fine. Great. Uh, keep, keep Kevin McHale on the, in the cast. Keep him with, you know, the people that we're probably going to keep on the cast. Uh, fine. keep And him, move them all to New York. <laughs> move them all to New York. Absolutely fine with that. Um, you know, they did the token. Let's pick a random character to uh, be in the scene with him and help him out. So we'll use Kitty for some reason. Uh, didn't really make sense, but it was fine. Yeah. And it was an, another, Artie doesn't ever get enough to do. Um, so, you know, but his scene you know, of basically saying, like, this little vulnerability of, like, yeah, no, I'm really comfortable here, and I've spent my life, you know, I know my house, and I know my school, and I know, you know, my terrain, but I don't know New York, and I don't know it without my mom, and all that stuff. So, it was nice, it was touching, I just wish Katie gal thing.
0: Hey, remember that episode named Wheels, where this was done really well? <laughs> yes, I do.
1: Just reminiscing a little. Anyway, um you want to move
0: on to rachel
1: let's move on to rachel so uh rachel has her final call back but before she can do it she has to pass her midterm and the two uh bitchy uh niata students rat her out the cassandra july who seems to be making her life hard but really is just like surprise we're wishing you good luck was this not bizarre <laughs> it was because it was like on one hand like i liked the reveal i was like okay you know that's kind of nice And i'm like Holy fuck. She put her through hell. Yeah. Because it wasn't just like she was like, oh, tomorrow you have your midterm. It was like, tomorrow you have your midterm where you, where you better spend the night practicing this ballet routine. Oh, and you're really ugly and disgusting looking. Like, it was a lot of abuse to get her to that point. Yeah. It was yeah. really terrible,
0: and then she was just like, "Hey, hey, good luck, friend. go get them." And was yeah. that was that her midterm? Them doing the Stevie Wonder song? They were like, "I
1: don't know, but pass. I you but know. I imagine Rachel was like, um, so I'm really glad I spent five hours practicing the Balanchine ballet last night. <laughs> yeah, it's just it was the first time around. It was just like, oh, okay, nice surprise. The second time, like, I was like oh my god, Rachel might actually go kill herself right now with everything <laughs> that Sam and July is telling her. Yeah. Yeah, it was
0: it was weird. I was like, talk about a 180 for character. Like, right. Out of nowhere. Ugh. Which I get. I get the teacher being hard on you to make you do better things. Well, like there's being hard on you, you,
1: and there is personally insulting everything about your physical appearance. Yeah. It was a little rough. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. okay. So then uh, also, well, not in New York. Um, so we have Kurt comes back to uh, Ohio because Bert has to go deal with cancer, um, but he's okay. Yeah, he's fine. He, right. wore, he wore a dark blue shirt, but he's fine anyway. Yeah, yeah. Surprisingly, that, that wasn't the thing that changed everything. Um, again, it's the typical, we're just going to da- put Michael Malley in harm's way to get some emotion out of our audience. Yep. And it's frustrating because, of course... And the same thing happened, I believe, the next week, unless I'm uh, mixing up my episodes. I didn't watch the next episode yet. Oh, you haven't? I finally haven't watched the finale, no. I finally watched it yesterday. (laughs) I'd gone all this time without watching it. Uh, I mean, Michael Malley is always great. And him and Kurt are always great. And him and any scene is amazing. And it just feels like the Glee writers know that, so they're like, I don't know. When in doubt, we're just going to have Michael Malley do stuff. Like, have to fight cancer. They should do
0: a spinoff where Kurt and Bert move in with Artie and Katie Segal. Oh, I like that. And Jeff Goldblum and what's-his-face are their neighbors. Uh, Brian, Brian. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. That guy. Brian Stokes Mitchell. Yeah. Gee, And them and Rachel are their neighbors. I'm
1: with it. I'm they with live it. on a cul-de-sac. I'm going to watch that show. I'm there. I'm there. And so we also had Blaine deciding to ask Bert for Kurt's hand in marriage.
0: Which, thankfully, they gave Bert the best line ever. Didn't you learn anything from anything Rachel from and Finn? Rachel. Yeah, yeah, yep.
1: You think and he, he did? did? No,
0: no. Yeah. Oh, that's well,
1: totally different.
0: No, totally different. One hundred
1: percent different.
0: No, One hundred and ten percent different. Which, which isn't that the main point of like his plight as a gay man? That it's like marriage equality. Like that's not different.
1: <laughs> yeah. Good point. Good like, point. Yeah. Up, and, Ryan. Murth- and- And it's like Blaine is basically saying, and again, forgive me if I'm mixing up if this happened in the next episode, but he kind of says something of like, you know, you don't know, understand. Like, it's hard because being gay means, you know, we weren't allowed to do this for so long. Well, guess what? Finn and Rachel were only 17, so they weren't allowed to do it for that long, too, Blaine. It's not not about gay rights. It's about you being 17 years old. Yep. Oh, God. I hope that that storyline ends soon. I don't want to deal with it.
0: Like, you don't need to do,
1: I understand, hey, issues, Glee. Glee has been a very um, LGBT-friendly show, and we've really done a lot to highlight issues. But, you know, we haven't done, we haven't done Gay Marriage. Guess what? You don't have to. You're a show about teenagers. Yep. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, and Mercedes stops Ugh. by because she has a record deal. Did you just hate the storyline? Oh, of course I did. Of oh course God. I did. So she's doing her album cover, and it's like, She's wearing a dress, it's, and it's so lazily done where there could have been a story in here of, you know, um, a, a singer who says, you know, I don't want my image to be sexy. I want my image to be this. But it was done within one scene. It's like Mercedes in an evening gown, and, like, the guy's like, oh, take your wrap off. No, I'm not taking my wrap off. And she would have she shown her, her arms. Her arms, exactly. It wasn't even cleavage, really. Oh, and it was just very. And the fact that, I'm sorry, if if a record company produced a record, they wouldn't just give you the record to sell on your own, by the way. No, they wouldn't. They it's their property. Yes, they did all the production work on that. You got really lucky to actually have the CD stand out. Oh, and it was just like, oh, just, then just have her be a Christian rock star. Don't. Yeah, yeah it just.
0: It I don't know. It was bad. It I, was
1: insulting. Way... It was offensive. Yeah. There was a way to do that storyline. Without it being so lazy. Yep. And maybe Actually, Mercedes was just the wrong character to do that with. Well, I mean, well, we know Mercedes was the wrong character to do that, and not because like she's a bigger girl, like not that. Just I, I mean, I think Amber Riley seems like a lovely girl, and girl can sing amazingly, but I am fine with her leaving the show because I really think her acting needs work. It. Does. She yeah. hasn't. She hasn't grown since the first no, season. No, not um, at all. No. Um, oh, yeah, we didn't mention that. The, they announced who's gone for good Simply is her. I think Harry Shum Jr. is officially gone. And Brittany, Mo, Brittany uh, Heather Morris is gone. Which uh, is sad, but... It's sad, but... Well, she's, she's having a, a baby. baby. Yeah. And I feel like Brit, like she could still potentially pop up here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they kind of officially said, like, okay, all those characters that were just sort of hanging on, like, I think Mark Sailing is also gone. Oh, I think I might be wrong about that one, but I'm pretty sure like it. It's fine. Just move on and, you know, hone down your cast. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so this was just a done poor, uh, just a, an okay idea of a story, but just execute it all wrong. Yeah. Um, and then in other news, which we'll learn more about the following week, Brittany has an interview at MIT and Tina might go to vet school. Oh, Tina. I don't think they've announced if she's coming back though. Tina,
0: Tina, Tina. Um, might be time to let go, Jenna. might be time to let go.
1: Oh God! But what else is
0: she gonna do? Go to vet school. Go to vet school. Jenna <laughs> no, I what else. Is- <laughs> go to vet school. Oh, I'm saying, Jenna, oh, she oh, oh, oh. should go to vet school.
1: Oh, that's that's a mean one. <laughs>
0: she needs to do oh, something else. Come on. I- <gasps> And guess, when and they when they build an entire episode around your character being ignored, I think it's time for you to be like, I need to leave the show.
1: And seriously, in the last in this episode plus the next episode, they get in so many jabs about oh Tina, like it's at this point it almost makes me uncomfortable because I feel <laughs> like I, I almost Let's feel get- like I caused it. Like oh I was the one saying that for so long. Uh. Like, um. Uh, I'm trying to figure out if she's gone or not. I bet they probably forgot her again. <laughs> they, probably like, they probably did. They did contract negotiations. They were like, all right, so Deanna's gone, and all right, Mark is gone. All right, so that's everybody. And then the Tina was just like, guys guys, 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 I'm over here. So am I, do, did you at contract, or do I just go to, they're like, oh, oh, shit, again, Tina. Uh. <sighs> all right, so shall we move on to the song? Sure thing. All right. So um, we start off. With a
0: really awkward number from Kitty. Okay. So was it, no, was
1: it my Hulu or was her lip syncing just really bad?
0: Oh, I don't know. I didn't watch it
1: that closely. Okay. Because it just felt really overproduced vocally oh, and okay. it didn't match with anything she was doing. And I don't know if it was just that she's not that good at lip syncing yet Or if it was just so overproduced, but it, or if it was that maybe like I watched, I rewatched this one on Hulu. If maybe it was like, I, the timing was off by like half a second, Mm -hmm. but it just looked so awkward. Just like the whole number. Well, we'll say
0: it was signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours, obviously by Stevie wonder. Um, and she's singing it to Artie to announce that he got into film school against his wishes. Yes. Um, the whole thing was just awkward. All, like, the weird, sexy moves and yeah. dancing towards him. Like, he looked so uncomfortable. I was so uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, it was, weird. it was weird. It was really weird. Yeah, and because, like, they are so up and down with Kitty, and wasn't it just, I mean, in Glee time a week ago where we found out, like, she was molested? Like, it, it I don't know. I, don't I know. forgot
0: that storyline.
1: <laughs> yeah, that happens. All right, so the next song was very superstitious as sung by Mercedes. Not sexy, though. Don't worry. She wasn't sexy.
0: <laughs> it was not a sexy rendition you know? of Superstition. No, it was not. Um, we're, with Marley and Blaine. Yeah. She's trying to make Marley stand up and take the center stage and do well, runs.
1: Funny. It was. I was kind of okay with this because I'm like, it's the same I am for um, whenever like, any reality show actually gets educational about something. Like, when on Top Model, Tyra's actually saying, like, well, the problem is, you know, you, you had your feet equal. And if you move your foot back a little bit, it makes you more slender. Like, that's what I want. I watch reality for. I watch it to actually, like, to see the contestants learn and improve. So I kind of liked the idea that, that Mercedes was giving them a lesson and was actually helping them. And I, I was fine with that. I kind of liked that teacher aspect. Okay. Uh, and then we got to see Blaine's feet do fancy things in the song. So I was okay with it. <laughs> All right.
0: Um, then we had, you are the sunshine of my life, Mm -hmm. which is the one that, that Kurt sings to Bert. Is that? Mm -hmm. Yes, Yes, that's correct. Um,
1: which was lovely. Yeah. It's, I mean, I've always loved this song. It's one of those songs that like, you know, my mom and I used to sing, we were kids when I, when I was a kid, she wasn't a kid when I was a kid because that (laughs) would have been weird. But, uh, so it was fine and it was Kurt singing it and it was Kurt singing it to Bert. So yeah, you know, I can't complain. I think it would have been better if he pulled out single ladies if he was like, "Well, yeah, well, this is our song <laughs> that we're gonna sing every year."
0: <laughs> that would have made me happier, but yeah,
1: it was nice. Oh, just side note, Mookie and Joplin. So we got a new couch yesterday, and it took all of ten minutes for Joplin and Mookie just to approve of it. And but like right now, Joplin was laying in this one particular spot, and Mookie decided he wanted to be there, so he kind of jumped on, and now. They're both, like, standing up facing each other, and they're, like, backed up. Like, they're backed up pants on each other. But they're just in this, like, standstill. And, oh, there they go. They went. They went. They (laughs) attacked. It's really
0: amazing. They were, like, moms talking about us. We'd better do something.
1: (laughs) I'm going to try to get a picture of this. Miner's
0: passed out on her window seat.
1: She has a window seat. Does she tan?
0: No, she watches birds and bugs and tries to catch them through the glass.
1: We, like, every morning, we have to remember to open up the blinds in the kitchen because Joplin just, like, stands there waiting, and we open it, and then, like, she jumps up and lays there, and you just see her, like, you know. For her, it's, you know, it's going to the painting salon. Yeah, or it's, like, cat TV. Oh, yeah, that too.
0: Because there's things going on. My mom was really funny. Have you seen the infomercial for the cat toy that's, like, it's basically, like, a piece of round fabric, and there's, like, thing underneath it on an arm that moves and it moves around unpredictably and makes the fabric move.
1: Oh yeah. That's in, um, the hammer sure, sure. Uh,
0: Skymel category. Catalog. Oh, okay. Have that. So my mom, my mom G chats me the other day. She's like, I bought MJ. She calls her MJ cause she can't smell Mjr. Um, she, she, I bought MJ a gift and I was just like, okay. Cause usually if someone's like, I bought you a gift, you're not like, would you get me? Like at least at 30 years old, I'm not like, would you get me? Um, and she's like, "Ugh! she's like, you're the worst. You're you're so not inquisitive. She was <laughs> like, this is what it is. Don't tell Myrner. And
1: I, was like, Aww.
0: I was like, mom. And yeah, she bought that thing for her. I'm excited. I think she'll really like it.
1: Yeah, that's, that's fun to watch cats do. Yeah,
0: I've been watching so much. My cat from hell. I'm addicted. Well I haven't watched
1: it. Is it a uh,
0: good? Oh, it's so much – well, the the dude who runs it, Jackson Gal- Galaxy, he's a cat behaviorist. He's, like, the best. He pulls up in, like, a giant pink 50s Cadillac. A, ca- a cat. A cat. A cat. A Yeah. Uh-huh. And he has, like, all these cat tattoos, and um, he's just nice. super, like, rockabilly, like, in his bowling shirt, and he carries in a guitar case, and the guitar case is full of, like, cat toys and cat treats. Nice. He's awesome, and he just, like, you could tell, like, he legitimately cares about these animals, and yeah. he, like, always
1: fixes the problem. So I, I mean, like cats are tough, because they're not near, because with dogs, you can read them pretty easily, because a dog is going to know if he likes you within a day, kind of, whereas cats are so much more, once you change something in their, you know, you bring in a new person, or you move something, it's not like they tell you how they're adjusting to it immediately, like, like right. it takes time, so that's, yeah. you know a different kind of science.
0: But it's amazing what he like the smallest changes he makes in like how you approach the cat, like hmm. like when like when you feed them and what you do with them before you feed them and the the cat's personality entirely changes. It's pretty amazing. I think last night was actually the season finale. I wish I knew you didn't watch it because I would have texted you yesterday because there was a marathon on. Oh
1: damn. Okay, they might air it again. Yeah, but it's
0: like it's like barely on Animal Planet. I don't understand why they don't play it like in repeats all the time, but it's like only on Saturdays and they only play yeah on Saturdays so is super weird but look at the schedule for next Saturday because I love it
1: okay cool we will do I thank really you
0: enjoy it you're welcome anyway after cat because talk come this hall <laughs> We <laughs> cat hi I'm only here. by the way guys that's our new format that's we're, we we're going to talk all about cats, cats all the, time. <laughs> all right. the next
1: episode is going to be co-hosted by Joplin and the Orner <laughs> yes
0: they're ladies
1: ladies mm-hmm. on the prowl right
0: that's the name of our new show
1: I like it <laughs> Ugh. okay so now we've got uh the next song was the one that jake danced to i don't know the yeah, name of it i wish we, okay
0: it's essentially well it's wild wild west to me because <laughs> those are the words i sing over it when okay. i hear the original version
1: um i oh i wrote down in my notes shut up marley i don't remember why but i wrote that down uh but good dancing and mike chang yes
0: It was all Jake and... Oh, I know why. Because there's, like, one random moment where Marley's like, blah, blah, like she sings. Yeah, and it's really annoying. she just gets really excited from the audience and has to sing.
1: Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: Uh, But the dancing's fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm warming up to Jake. I think this, I kind of like this episode where they kind of even said to him, like, you know, you can sing and you can dance. Like you should be more important. Yes. <laughs> and it was kind of a moment for me too, to be like, yeah, you know, this kid, he, this kid is talented. And I really hope they, um, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, he's not the best actor yet, but he has a charisma. I think it's a matter of them giving his character some consistency and giving him a good story. And, and keeping up with giving him good music because when he's musically performing, he is somebody to watch. He can sing and dance really incredibly. So, um, you know, I I could I could deal with this going forward. Yeah, I don't have a problem with him right now.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Indeed. Um. So next is actually one of my favorite Stevie Wonder songs. It's uptight. Everything's all right.
1: Everything is all right. right.
0: Um, and this was the song. The, the, the woo, you got a Broadway audition song for Cassandra oh, right, July.
1: Right. I, re- I realized all I wrote was fun, but I don't <laughs> think I remember what the song was. Yeah, yeah this
0: is. It was fun. <laughs> it was
1: fun. Moving on.
0: <laughs> then we have um, Higher Ground, which Matthew Morrison makes the terrible pun about taking the higher ground, and then they have to sing
1: Higher Ground. I I believe, um, I think uh, uh, Joe brought this up, but one of the downsides, I mean, obviously many downsides, but for the show, one of the negatives going forward is that it did seem like they were kind of shaping things for Finn to kind of take over New Directions.
0: Yeah.
1: And now it's like, oh, so does this mean Will stays around? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I would have been happy if he didn't. Um, Higher Ground, (laughs) another song that now sounds like all the others at this point is what I wrote down in my notes.
0: Oh, I like this song, though. But I like, well, there's a Red Hot Chili Peppers cover of it that I really like. Not that I don't like the Stevie Wonder version, but I do. I know, like, this song is separate for me, although I didn't particularly love it in this case because it was glee. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the final song is For Once in My Life. And everybody's wearing
1: orange and yellow. It was an up with people number, right? Up with people. Yep. Yeah, Everybody was an orange. Everybody was bright. I was fine. But again, it was another up with people number. Same way they've an End. ending after episode. That's wonderful. <laughs> that is wonderful. High notes. Oh boy,
0: I didn't write these down. Um, it's gonna, this is going to be a little hard. You go over yours.
1: Okay, I only had, I guess, two that I can wrote down. Anyway, um, I like the reference to Rachel getting uh, Cassandra July, Debbie Allen's Kane from Fame, because okay. I love the movie Fame, and if you haven't watched it, folks, Fame is. And Fame is a movie, too, that you can show people who aren't musical fans that always assume they didn't want to watch it because they thought it was an 80s musical movie. But it's actually not. It's very hard-hitting, and it's very good.
0: Yeah, I remember I remember watching it.
1: Wait. Dave, I might have watched the remake. The remake was weird because for the first hour, the remake was actually really good. Or, like, the first 45 minutes. The audition process of the remake was very close to the original. I watched it on a plane. And I remember just you probably being like... probably watched the remake. I probably
0: watched the remake. And I just remember being like wow, this is a lot more depressing than yeah. I thought it was.
1: And the original was even more so, I think, if memory serves. Um, yeah, no, the original was definitely more harsher. Uh, but, I mean, the original, is a, it's just its a great movie. And it's so, um, it's very honest. Uh, all these kids, they're teenagers, they're incredibly talented, but they're so flawed, they have to go through such shit. Uh, it's, it's a great movie, and it's a really underrated movie, and a movie that I think often gets lumped into a different... It, people think of it with Footloose and with Rakin. It's not that movie. It is actually much... It, it's more of a straight drama with some great music in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, check out the... Well, maybe we'll check out the original going forward. Perhaps. Perhaps we will, note to self. Uh, and my other high note was, um, I kind of like that now Tina's the worst and they've just... Everybody agrees on that. Yeah.
0: I guess my high note would just be
1: Katie Segal's acting? Yeah. Yeah. Um, low notes. <laughs> um, what are yours? All right. Marley's stupid aw face. I hate Marley. At one point, like she goes, aw, and I just wanted to punch her. Uh, The laziness of narration, because the opening scene, everybody's narrating and Kurt talks for like 10 minutes. Yeah, he does. Like, my father, and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened. And now I'm going to act. And it was just lazy. And I just really feel like it's just such a symbol of how they're doing. They have so much, so many characters and so many stories and they don't really know how to handle all of it. Uh, It's a waste of Katie Segal to not have her sing on a digital show. And the Blaine marriage thing is going to Oh, piss God. Yeah. And the Mercedes storyline. Okay. <laughs> well, you know. As a low note. You know. That's that. Um. Yeah, but that was wonderful. That's it. Mm-hmm. In a
0: nutshell, three months later. Sorry, guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, like we do. Do you want to talk about what we're doing going forward? Or do you want to wait till next week to deal with that, and we can hammer it out a little more? I I
0: don't know. Obviously, I think it's pretty obvious at this point we're going to make some changes. Yes. Um, I think
1: we should wait till next week, though, though. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll give you a a better outline so we can go over it better. Um, but yeah, so that was that episode of Glee. I believe we have one email correct we regarding do. this episode. Yes, okay. I, I started it for you. Thank you. you um, yes, and so also, by the way, then next week we will go through. You know, we have a lot of email to We've a lot live. of
0: email for next week. Um,
1: so next week will be a long episode. We need to remember that and schedule accordingly.
0: And uh, it'll hopefully be an in-person episode, which is always a treat for us.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right. Absolutely. Um. So and so next week we will go through the last episode and probably do our tops and bottom songs. Yeah. Um, and and yes, and make announcements. Okay. So our one piece of mail comes to us from our friend Joe, who titles it Wonderful, fails to live up to its terrible, terrible title. Imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) And Joe writes, uptight and out of sight. I'm out of sight. You're uptight. First of all, as a native son of the great state of Michigan, I would like to apologize to Mr. Stevie Wonder for what Glee did to his songs, which was to dutifully replicate the arrangements, but drain them of all soul and authenticity. Once again, Glee opted for a queasy musical middle ground between karaoke and theme park entertainment. If Glee is ever going to evolve, this kind of thing must stop. It's not enough to merely dredge these songs up because they're familiar. You have to use songs in ways which startle us, surprise us, and move us. I don't think this week's numbers accomplished that in any way. Joe, you would have loved the Jinx Monsoon vaudeville show, because it does exactly that. Uh, but Joe continues. But what of the episode itself? Well, as another great star of the 1970s, Richard Nixon once said, Let me say this about that. After three consecutive episodes which blatantly insulted the taste and intelligence of its beleaguered remaining viewers, Glee managed to produce an episode which was merely frustrating, boring, and unnecessary. In season four, that counts as victory. Wonderful, and dear fucking Christ do I hate that title, because it's wonder dashful. everybody, was another big nothing in a season of big nothings. Did anything really advance? Did anything ever feel truly at risk? There was one, count them, one development which generally caught me off guard. At first I was impressed, but then I realized it robbed that particular plot thread of any sense of conflict. We'll get to that later. For now, let's put on our sunglasses and venture blindly, get it, in the <laughs> specifics of the episode. <laughs> ah. Rachel calls Will to remind him how awesome and talented she is. He knows, Rachel. Goddamn, her loft is so much nicer than my apartment and I have a job. Look at those appliances. Jesus, it's like she's living in a crate and barrel. She might be. I think she is. In fairness, I mean I guess like we know Rachel's dads had money and they are still probably saving money compared to her living in the dorms, maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. Oh, when Will is in the teacher's lounge and says, Wait, did you get Fanny Bryce? Loudly, and all the other teachers turn to stare at him. It's really funny to imagine that Fanny Bryce is slang for some kind of venereal disease. Watch the scene again and pretend that Fanny Bryce is code for gonorrhea, herpes, crabs, or chlamydia. Trust me, the scene is hysterical that way. One another laugh, pause your DVR during the Glee Club's reaction to Will's news that he and Emma are yawn, re, 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 re engage. Marley makes the absolute stupidest Marley face ever. That was it. Thank you. I didn't know where it came from. Jake is nauseated by this. Meanwhile, Cordova Street looks like he just saw the mothership from Close Encounters burst from the top of Will's head. Um, oh, by the way, I'm calling it MVP of the season was Cordova Street. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was so good this season. Everything Tina says and does in this episode is horrible, both during the dialogue scenes and the songs. Some of that is by design. They're really trying to make her into the Meg Griffin of McKinley High, probably because she's been on the show for four years. And they literally can't think of anything else to do with her at this point. But I'm starting to pity the actress. Amen, Joe. Maybe I'll help her out by writing a surefire one-woman show called (laughs) Ashkowitz, 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 which, who do you think? Genius, right? I'd pay money for it. Yep. Hey, I have seen Yardley Smith, the voice of Lisa Simpson. I've seen her one-woman show. I would see Jenna Ashkowitz's one-woman show. Most gratuitous moment of the episode, writer stands up and says, (laughs) It's Stevie Wonder Week. No fucking shit. I hate it when Glee feels like it has to make the episode seem explicit rather than leaving it implicit. Just last week, the lights went out and Will said, it's acoustic week. Arg! Just let us figure it out for ourselves, Glee. Most of your viewers have their permanent teeth. Let them chew their own food. You don't have to regurgitate it into our mouths. Normally, I would be super pumped for a story revolving around Artie. Kevin McHale is one of the best actors and performers in the ensemble. And he does everything he can with the material he's given this week. But I don't know, this just feels like a rehash of stories we've seen over and over on Clee. It's the same old follow-your-dreams bullshit we've heard since season one, episode one. And this supposed drama is resolved so quickly and uneventfully that it barely registers on the emotional Richter scale. And as for Kitty, you were softening on her last week, but I think the character is beyond salvation. Who is this young lady? Whoever the script requires that week. I.E. she's Quinn for Bray. Joe. She's Quinn for Bray 2.0. She'll switch from naughty to nice for no good reason. In that respect, she's a lot like Sue, except that Jane Lynch is a much better actress than Becca Tobin. To reach her maximum potential as an actress, Becca should be playing an evil alien princess in a B sci-fi movie and saying things like, I think you'll find that escape is quite impossible. And seize them, you fools. The scene with Kurt packing his suitcase would have been so much more effective without the narration. High five all around, Joe. The footage itself is fine. Chris Colfer does everything he needs to with his facial expressions. Kurt is and he looks upset about something. That's all we need to know at this point in the show. Don't tell us everything all at once, Glee. And the OCD thing. I'm sorry, but it feels tacked on and forced. Later, we'll find out that it's been shoehorned into the story to just justify one particular Stevie Wonder song. That's really dumb and insulting. As a matter of fact, Glee has been overusing the narration this season. It's played out. At the risk of repeating myself, the ex-Glee clubbers spend way too much time hanging out at their old school this week current mercedes and mike chang were back shouldn't they be getting into sex and drugs together in a best western that would have been more awesome our awesome episode way better than this one you know who should be singing sign seal delivered i'm yours pretty much anyone in the cast except kitty lord almighty that gal's a voice like a dentist drill. and glee just hangs her out to dry here the crotch shots could help should help but they come off as terrifying rather than sexy darn the luck Hashtags are stupid enough in text form. Please, let's not start actually saying the word hashtag aloud in conversation. Tina. (laughs) Speaking of which, Glee still thinks you can get away with being shitty simply by admitting on air that it's shitty. Kitty Mangles signs still delivered, and we get a minute and a half of sassy banter about it afterwards. If you knew it was bad, Glee, then why did you waste our time with it in the first place? Instead of having Tina say, Glee hates girls, which is awkwardly phrased unless Tina knows she's a character on a show called Glee, why not just tone down the misogyny in your scripts? Admitting you have a problem is the first step, Lee but it's not the only step. This kind of thing was cute in season two, but it's getting a little old now. Amen. Uh, Mercedes learned the most important lesson in the music industry. Never trust people in the music industry. I stole that joke from The Simpsons, and mm-hmm. it's still more insightful than anything here in the Dumbass laws plot this week. They want her to show a little more shoulder on her cover <laughs> album. That's her big crisis. It's not like they were asking you to put them on the glass, hun. You're in show business, not hide business. What is it with Glee protecting the sexuality of its female characters this season? First, Rachel couldn't show her boobs in a student film, even though Lea Michelle got famous by flashing her boobs on Broadway. And now, this silly album cover story. No one buys physical copies of albums anymore. Anyway, your album cover is going to be a tiny little icon on someone's iPhone screen. Who gives a fuck? And if you recorded those songs for a label, I don't think they'd be cool with you selling homemade copies outside your church. So, back in Yada. Rachel's really, really tan, and her lips are really, really shiny. Now that we've all seen the episode, we know where this story is one big fake-out. They gave us a bunch of scenes which imply that Penelope Moonrock Kid is using her evil gay minions to intimidate and harass Rachel so that she'll screw up her funny girl audition, but nope, it's all a distraction, and like a dope, I fell for it. I forgot to trust my own truism. The Glee universe bends to the will of Rachel Berry. <laughs> Glee isn't just doubling down on Marley. Side note that I just thought of. This is Emily here. I think a good story would be for Rachel to be the understudy. It would be. Yeah. Because then we can have a lot of, like, um, all about Eve moments. And it could just be interesting to watch. So that's what I'm hoping to do there. Uh, Joe continues. Glee isn't just doubling down on Marley. They're tripling down. We now have to endure Mercedes praising Marley to the skies while poor Jenna Ushkowitz stands off to the side with her arms folded across her chest, wishing she had heat visions she could melt the flesh off of Melissa Benoit's stupid, stupid face. I'm sorry, Melissa Benoit. How do you say her name? I don't know. Ben. Is it like Benoit, or is it Beno, or is it Benoist? Let's it's not Benoist.
0: I like Benoist. <laughs> Melissa Benoist,
1: Benoist. I hope you had a very. I hope you, I'm sure you all were very nice. Melissa person.
0: Benoist, you're the nicest <laughs>
1: girl I Benoist. ever met, but you're not Benoist. a good actress. But I just wish your character was a little more interesting. It's not your fault, Miss Benoist. <laughs> In a long abandoned script. Now I'm talking like my cat. That's how I think <laughs> Joplin. Uh, in a long abandoned script for a superhero movie I once wrote I included a scene in which the villain had the hero trapped in a laser force field which would kill him if he moved even slightly the force field required a lot of power so it could only last a few minutes before blowing a fuse but our hero you see had studied zen meditation techniques and could stand perfectly still for hours and hours knowing this the villain unveiled his secret weapon a copy of Superstition by Stevie Wonder aka the most danceable song ever written knowing that if he played it the hero would be all but forced to dance Thus killing him. Imagine it, death by funk. It required every bit of the hero's inner strength to resist shaking his groove thing to this song. All of this is my roundabout way of saying that Glee's version of superstition was lame and limp in comparison. It never would have worked for my fake superhero movie. I would have had to spring for the rights to see his' original recording. <laughs> I don't really know what to say about the Kurt Burke Cancer plot. Like I said, this O C D thing felt phony, and I don't think Kurt would travel halfway across the country just to make his father feel worse at this critical time by being a petulant, whiny brat in the waiting room. It would have been so much more natural and believable for Kurt to be sensitive and supportive and for Kurt and Bert to have a meaningful, memorable father-son conversation before the big news. Still, it's always nice to have Mike O'Malley and Chris Colfer together, even if I'm not crazy about the way the scene is written. And that is one chic waiting room. I'm, not, I'm really starting to resent the fact that Fox keeps cutting back to the American Idol stage after the show is over just so we can overhear Nicki Minaj telling the losers that they're not really losers. I fast forward through that, so I don't know. Yeah. One huge problem with this week's episode is that they chose only the corniest, most obvious songs from Stevie's vast catalog, i.e. you are the sunshine of my life. Come on, Glee, dig through those albums and find some deep cuts, ma'am. Poor Mike O'Malley. No one likes being sung to, especially not after surviving fake cancer. The only point of interest in Kate Hudson's scene with Rachel is that Kate wears a bra as a top. Mm-hmm. Remember that episode of Seinfeld with Sue Ellen Mishki, heiress to the Baby Ruth candy bar fortune and sworn enemy of Elaine Bennis? Wow, I'm so bored that I'm really veering off-topic. But that's a great episode, Joe. It's okay. (laughs) Clea does nothing new or exciting, musically speaking, with I Wish. They didn't even mash it up with Will Smith's Wild Wild West. But a Jake Mike dance duet, superfluous as it was, superfluous, I can never say that word as it was, proves to be a highlight of the episode. Also, Sam's hair looks really weird from the back. He always looks like he just washed his hair five seconds ago. He does. They don't want me, mercedes Wise. Yes, they do. In fact, they want more of you and not that much more. What the fuck is the big deal here? A few months ago, Glee brought Aisha Tyler, Tyler on as Jake's mom and had her do pretty much nothing. And the same damn thing happened to Katie Seagal, who doesn't even get to leave the couch. Katie's been a regular of three long-running and wildly diverse series, and yet Glee gives her a boring, supportive mom role that could have been played by anyone from Central Casting. Why, Glee? Why? I mean, she and Kevin McHale, are both great good here and i like her threat to tip his chair over that was cute but this could be have been something really great two talented actors and a family dynamic we haven't explored before instead it's a shrug like i said i got hoodwinked by the kate hudson switcheroo plot and for a minute there i was actually kind of touched by the generosity of kate's speech to rachel but then i realized that the whole story had been a lie and that there was no conflict here another shrug no but joe if you go back and watch it realizing all the things kate hudson says to her you know might be different some of the worst reaction shots of the episode occur during Highest Ground. Keep your eyes on Will and Marley. And then there's Ryder showing Jake how a clap. Meanwhile, Mercedes strips down to what is, for her, a fairly daring outfit. Wasn't the whole point of the story supposed to be that she wanted to be known just for her voice and not reveal her body? Maybe I zoned out for 30 or 40 minutes. The show finally begrudgingly acknowledges that Bert is a congressman, mainly so Glee can preach to the converted about marriage equality. And Bert rightly sees that this engagement storyline is stupid. In fact, it leads to the best line of the episode after Blaine says, so you're saying you're okay with me asking for his hand? Bert quickly responds, oh, of course not. No, you're still kids. Didn't you learn anything from Finn and Rachel? Bert doesn't say this with scorn. He says it with compassion and humor. Bert is one of the few people on Glee who seem to live on planet Earth. And Mike O'Malley just nails the performance here. In fact, this scene with Darren Chris is probably my favorite scene in the whole episode. Mm -hmm. I know that part of Artie's shtick is that he's a white kid who's really into R&B music, but I think they're pushing it a little with his slang-filled speech to the Glee Club. I thought that, too, this time around. It was annoying. (laughs) He says something like, yo, what, what? And it's just annoying. (laughs) When, oh, when is the big Kate Hudson, Leah Michelle makeout scene going to arrive? (laughs) They've been teasing us for months with this. Dearly, there are other ways of ending an episode than having the Glee Club go to the auditorium and sing an upbeat song. Like, for instance, a Kate Hudson-Lay and Michelle make scene. These up-with-people endings are another trope which has to end. It seems like you've had seven or eight episodes in a row end like this. Kevin does a nice job with the vocals, and I've always loved the song for once in my life. But from the dramatic and storytelling standpoint, the scene sucks. On a serialized show like this, you have to end with something that makes us want to watch the next episode. Right before the announcement of Le- Fox's Gleek of the Week, congrats, Amanda, whom I don't know, there's a shot of the main cast member standing in front of a white backdrop. Pay close attention to Cory Monheath. He's way the heck up front, much closer to the camera than the others, and he turns around slowly and gives the most unnerving, sleazy smile. It's awesome. Oh, he did have good sleazy smiles. He did. They were never intentionally sleazy, but no. he just occasionally he had a weird smile. And next week. The be all that finally ends all. The new directions are going to regionals. I'm not even putting an explanation point at the end of that sentence. Catfish Mania 2013 continues, and Rachel auditions for a man with dreadlocks. I cannot tell you how thrilled I am about the fact that Rachel got rid of those goddamn bangs for her final <laughs> call. Good fucking riddance. Forehead, baby, that's where it's at. So that was Wonder Dashful. Oh, that title. For the second-to-last episode of the season, this was remarkably action-free. Very little happened this week. This is round. It's another of a string of vaguely pleasant but forgettable nothing episodes that Lee was doing before it took the express train to shit city with Shooting Star. It took them a month, but they crawled back to their way of being mediocre. What's worse, train wreck Glee or humdrum Glee? Think about it. When was the last time there was a really good, solid episode of the show? One that rates with the show's best? That's not a theoretical question, rhetorical question. I really want an answer from each of you put us on the spot like that, Joe. Yeah, really. Personally, I'd say Swan Song back in December, even though I know Erica didn't care for that one. Maybe Dynamic Duets back in November. Next week, it's all or nothing. Place your bets. P.S. You want to reinvent the song or Stevie Wonder song? Here's how to reinvent a Stevie Wonder song. And he gives a song that you can play. Yeah, the episode we'll there. put it at the end of the episode. Um, I, I can't remember right now. Uh, yeah, but I like, really far removed right now. <laughs> like, yeah, there was an episode somewhere that I really liked, I think.
0: Was it there, Erica? Some, somewhere. There or, was there was, was one that we were both, like, okay with that everyone else hated, wasn't there? I don't
1: oh, know. I think you're right. Yeah, I need to go through the, like, the episode list and kind of figure out. I feel like I had a few good moments, but it's been a while. I think their, yeah. their recent run has been rough. Uh, maybe it was the crazy Brody David Lynch episode that was just so ridiculous. But, <laughs> um. Or I mean, actually, the episode that aired fairly close to this one, with little with where Sue sang "Little Girls," I liked, even though it was a it like was offensive for other reasons because it came after Shooting Star. Um, but anyway, yeah, confusion all around. It's been a very. It's I don't even know season, but we're almost over with it. Almost done. One more episode. One more. We're gonna be back next week to talk about the finale and what we remember as being our favorite and least favorite songs. Yeah, I, did, I made a list somewhere. Uh, it was a hard list to make this time. I have it. Yeah, it's a tough to one. Do that. Um, you guys all already sent us feedback, so I, I'd give yes. you the email address, but we have it all already. We've got everything, everything we need. Um, we have we're out in the world, Facebook, find us, LeeCast. Um, were you on any other podcast recently? I feel like you were. Um, I did, no, not recently.
0: I did Fozzie and Tina, but that was like
1: a month and a half ago. All right. Well, regardless, folks, if you're looking for more, more podcasts, good TV podcasts out there would be Fozzie and Tina. Yeah, they're a wonderful podcast. They're I enjoy wonderful. them. Yeah. You want a good movie podcast? You can always listen to The Feminine Critique. If you yes, want. yes, you can. Oh, Pretty Little Liars talk. Oh, Emily started uh, watching Pretty Little Liars. I, no, I started watching. I'm I'm like, I think I have like five episodes left in season three. Um, and we did for, we did a crossover feminine critique with Married with Clickers and we did like 30 minutes talk on Pretty Little Liars. So you can also go to the podcast Married with Clickers, uh, to listen to Pretty Little Liars talk if you want. All right. Uh, or we can talk about Pretty Little Liars next week if you want. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'll finish season three by then. Are you on season four, by the way? Yeah. Or, so you're watching it live? I'm
0: current. Yeah. Oh, Wow. Which oh. I, I kind of find the worst way to watch it. I'm really bad with watching shows live like that, because I there's just so much going on in every episode, and I can't remember what the fuck is going on every week.
1: I'm much... Yeah, and I feel like that's a show that is... Because it, it, it moves kind of slow, it's... But at the not same slow, time, kay.
0: it, like... The major plot lines move like icebergs, but so many things happen in between that add to those major plot lines, even though they don't really add anything. You have to remember, like, so many little events that happened, like, it's obnoxious. So I do really poorly with that show when it's live. I kind of, like, watch it, but don't pay attention to it, and then make sure I watch the recap, because then I'm like, oh, these are the important things. Right,
1: right. Yeah, see, I really like watching it the way I like on Netflix. The way I've been doing it because it's also it's great for me to watch on my way to work. It's really convenient. But the only problem is like I I know I don't I don't like that I can't talk to people about the new episodes. And I don't like that I can't read recaps of it because mm-hmm. um, I don't want I don't want to be spoiled. But I don't know. Maybe you're making me think. Maybe I will just wait for season four to hit Netflix too.
0: I don't know. I mean, it would, I'm you. You're you'd be fine because you fucking remember who won. Yeah. Project Runway Cycle 72. Like, I mean, not Project mm-hmm. Runway, I meant... um, Yeah. Like- oh, my
1: God, I was watching it yesterday. There was a marathon, and it was the British one. And oh. I had turned on in the morning, and, like, then I was watching other things. And I, I get out of the shower, and I'm, like, just kind of walking around. So I'm like, oh, let me just put something on in the background. And even in my head, I'm like, oh, man, I really hope I get to the episode where they do music videos. And sure enough, I turn, and it's just the moment where they're airing the music video with, they all know me, I'm Sophie. It's so great. <laughs> I was really happy about that.
0: Uh, anyway, you'd be fine watching it live. I'm the worst because okay. I have like no memory for television. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Um, just like Mike is rewatching Friday Night Lights. So he's watching it at home by himself, but also watching it with me here. So mm. I keep having to like stop myself from asking <laughs> things because I'm but then I'm also like, wait, where did this character come from? I don't like I remember the character, oh, the but the character's I, not dead yet. I don't remember his Oop. origin. Like, just tell me again. I'm like, who got her pregnant? I don't remember. Like, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really bad with television. So anyway, Pretty Little Liars, huzzah! Um, yeah, oh, and did, did you guys finish Buffy yet or no? No. Okay. No.
1: We yeah, won't we're, fin- um,
0: if we finish that, we won't finish it for a long time. Cause like, I, excuse me, it's very early Sunday morning. Um, because we have we we haven't finished Veronica Mars, which the movie's coming out, so I need him uh, to finish right. that so that we could go see that. Um, we haven't finished Doctor Who, which I need him to finish. Um, aren't there like nine thousand seasons though? How are you gonna finish that one? We only start. You only. I only start from two thousand five. I don't go back. I'm. I'm snotty like that. <laughs> Those episodes are the really old episodes. I'm sure they're wonderful. It's, but a, it's a different style. Yeah, and it's not my style. I can't, I don't watch old things very often. Okay. They just don't hold my attention. Um, so, but we're up to, we're up to, we watched the first couple of episodes of uh, season five, series five, which is the start of Matt Smith. So he, okay. it's really just four seasons that he has to catch up with. Huh, only four. <laughs> um, but we have to finish that. He hasn't finished 30 Rock, which I I think he wants to start from the, be- the beginning he wants mm-hmm. to watch parks and rec but like parks and rec he could watch on his own i don't need to rewatch that like i'll watch errant episodes here and there
1: when he's over here but
0: anyway in other words we have a lot to watch and i don't think he's interested in finishing buffy oh but maybe we, one yeah. day
1: we're doing we're doing buffy and Angel together so we yeah. watch you know we're watching them like side by side and it's like it gets really <laughs> exciting because i'm like oh look, like, i can't wait till we get to um like the episode of because we're still in season one of Angel, and I've actually really been enjoying Angel season one. This I time actually around. just finished Angel season one. It's fun, like it is. it's just because it, like they were still kind of figuring things out, but I think it's really funny. And once they figured out that David Boreanaz could do comedy, yeah, uh, there's a season two. Season two is so much better because you get Lorne, you get him singing Mandy in the first episode. He's singing Mandy and it's so good. And and he gets a lot of moments in season one to like he gets like little moments to kind of throw in a line that's funny. And he's really good when he just gets to be funny. And and you understand, like the whole point of Angel was that it was going to be like darker Buffy, more adult Buffy. So they wanted to do the sexy route. But once they figure that out, but the worst thing, because I can't wait to get to the episode, because, um, like, Brandon has no idea of anything that goes on on the show, because he just was never, like, yeah. was so removed from it. So when, a, like, a regular character is going to die soon. Oh, yeah. And, like, I, I know that's going to shock him. Because, like, there's Cause no he, he's set up to be him. there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, are, exactly. And, like, so I really want to get to that episode just to, like, see him react to that. And I didn't the, realize. Go ahead. Oh, no no, 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 no. What were you saying?
0: I was going to say I didn't realize that we get all the the, reg, the reoccurring characters in Season 1. Wesley is there in the second half of Season 1, and Gunn yeah. is there, and I didn't right. realize the that.
1: The only one I don't think we get yet is um uh, Fred. Yeah, no Fred for a little while yet. But the uh the worst thing, though, is fucking Elizabeth Rome. Uh, I you Kate, hate her. I hate her so much, and so does Brannon. I mean, because we both saw her in Law and Order, where she just sucks any energy out of the room. And, like, I'm so annoyed because I see the next episode of Angel is a very Kate-centric episode. <laughs> and I'm like, babe, we don't have to watch, we can skip this one. It's really okay. He's like, no, we have to watch it. He's like, he's very regimented about it. He yeah. it uh And I'm just so like, no, we can get, oh. Like, I don't want anything to, like, lessen the show for you. You know, like, I don't want, like, the way you, I think, had with Mike, where he kind of wasn't crazy about season six and, like yeah. I don't want to get to that point, so I'm like, you know, we don't have to watch the bad episodes. <laughs> you but do though, because it adds to yeah. the charm. we watched uh, Beer Bad was the last Buffy episode mm. we watched. Not nearly as bad as its reputation no. suggests. People look at that episode as the worst episode of Buffy it's and not. It's season four, but no, it's it's funny, it's goofy, but it's it's cute. Like it moves, it's funny, it bounces around. Um, it's it's not. Uh, I heart uh, Jane heart. It's not season one. Computer robot, episode, that's it. Thank you. I think that's the worst episode of Buffy. Yeah. Um, but we haven't gotten to Pangs yet, which I recall being another bad one. So we'll see. I don't even remember that one. It's the Thanksgiving one that everybody watches. Oh, yeah. And so, but I don't know. I mean, it also has the Xander syphilis story, which is kind of funny. I think it is. Um, yeah. All right. So that was Buffy. our Buffy talk. <laughs> uh, next week we'll be back to close out season four of Lee. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.
2: Ring, Pick up the sure hope No New Year's Day to celebrate. No chocolate curl and candy hots to give away. No first to spring, no song to sing. Impact is just another. I just come to say how much I care. I just come to say I love you, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Yeah. No summers bright. No one to love No harvest moon to light one tender. Time for first flight of southern skies No need for no Halloween I know giving thanks to all the Christmas joy you bring But what it is, though, oh so new To feel your heart like no three words could ever do I just call to say I love you I just come to say how much I care I just come to say I love you I just come to say how much I care. I just come to say I love you and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I just come to say I love you. I I just come to say how much I care. I just come to say I love you, and I mean it from the bottom. Yes, I mean it from the bottom and I mean it from the bottom of my heart.